Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Indotechno Podcast. I'm Alan Hallowell, founder of Gizmo Advisors and venture partner at Alpha JWC Ventures. Salamat datang kembali semuanya. Some of the most exciting innovations across the entirety of Indonesia's tech ecosystem involve modernizing the warong, or kiosk, and more broadly, the country's population of some 60 million SMEs. Today's guest, Chinmay Chauhan, has co-founded one of Southeast Asia's most pervasive SME-oriented platforms, Bukuwarong. The company's initial undertaking was to help the Indonesian SME transition from more primitive paper-based ledgers to digital bookkeeping and online payments. Bukuwarong more recently has also launched Tokoko, a Shopify-like tool that lets merchants create online stores through an app. Great to have you join us today, Chinmay. Thanks a lot for having us, Alan. Chinmay, can you share with us the actual origin story behind Bukuwarong? We started Bukuwarong in late 2019. And me and my co-founder, Abhi, both come from humble micro-merchant backgrounds. Our families were micro-entrepreneurs. And we always wanted to solve for something meaningful, impactful, while building a large business. And this was the idea that we were most passionate about, which is empowering MSMEs in Southeast Asia and in Indonesia. And that's how we ended up with this idea on a broader level. And then we started our journey around that. This also came about when we were both working at Carousel together. And we just happened to start together once we were aligned on what we want to do for the next 10 years as we build something together. Gotcha. So Chinmay, I have to ask you, how were you able to onboard some 5 million merchants in the last 12 months alone? My rough math would suggest that that works out to almost 14,000 SMEs per day. How have you guys pulled that off? It has been crazy growth for the last 12 months since we started. And I think one of the things that we learned when we were doing our research in Indonesia in 2019, before we even launched the app, the bookkeeping app that we have, was we saw that merchants, especially outside of Jakarta or in tier two, tier three, tier four cities and towns in Indonesia, they did not have access to any digital tools to operate their business, manage their cash flow, manage their credit that they give out. And we realized that there were solutions out there, but they were not really tailored or simplified for MSMEs. Imagine a 50-year-old Warung owner who is trying to do his bookkeeping on a physical book. Now, for him to move to an app or a solution is difficult. They do want to do that, especially the ones who are doing a lot of bookkeeping every month, but it is difficult with the existing solutions that existed back then. So for us, one of the things that we observed was all of them were using WhatsApp as a solution and they were using it heavily. A lot of it for business purposes as well. For example, messaging your suppliers to restock inventory or messaging your customers to take their orders or doing a bunch of things on WhatsApp. So they would spend a lot of time daily basis on WhatsApp and they were using other social media apps to entertain themselves. So we realized that the simplicity part was missing. And a lot of the things that we did was to build our app extremely simple so that merchants can use it by themselves without having to have a salesperson guiding them to use the app. So if you look at our app interface, it's extremely lightweight. It is very low app size, only 6 MB for a merchant to download. And it works even when the merchant is offline so that they can continue adding transactions. So the way we equate simplicity is adding a transaction on our app being as simple as sending a message on WhatsApp. So that's what we optimized for when we were launching the app. And we made that flow extremely simple. We realized that a lot of merchants were able to understand the app. And then we scaled our digital acquisition as well as organic growth happened along the way. And that's how we managed to acquire 5 million plus merchants in the last 12 to 18 months. 
An absolutely tremendous achievement. Now, Chinmai, what is the best way to monetize a warong once you have them as a customer? Is it eventually through a take rate? Is it a subscription arrangement? Or do we derive revenues from some form of advertising? I think there are a lot of problems that MSMEs face on a daily basis when they operate their business. One is managing their cash flow, accounting, managing their credit, collecting that credit back quickly, and also doing payments, and then managing their inventory, stocking up their inventory at the right time, and knowing when to stock their inventory, managing their bookkeeping, managing their credit, understanding their cash flow, understanding if the business is profitable or not, understanding when to pay their employees, if they are a slightly larger MSME with maybe few employees to run their shop, and how much to pay to their employees. And also making payments to their suppliers, collecting credit payments back from their customers. Or if they're a wholesaler, they need to collect the credit back from their retailers on a timely basis and when to collect that credit. So there are a lot of problems that we have discovered along the way. And we are trying to solve it in a very product-first way. There are also challenges that MSMEs face when they want to get working capital and any sort of financial service, which is where we see a large opportunity over the next years to monetize I think subscription is another one where potentially some merchants we have realized are willing to even pay for certain tailored software. For example, generating invoices with their own logos, they're willing to pay for that. There are many such examples where merchants are willing to pay for a more tailored inventory management solution for their FNB business, for example, because it really helps them know where their inventories are and it helps them reduce their wastage. So a lot of it is software, but merchants are willing to pay for it. But right now, we are not focused on monetization at scale. But what we are doing is we are doing a lot of experiments in commerce broadly and also in financial services and lending to understand the willingness to pay. And then later on, when the time is right, we'll monetize this behavior. This also helps us understand how do we build our product roadmap in a way where we get to that monetization point earlier rather than later. Understood. So to read that back to you, if I'm not mistaken, Financial services are likely to be a source of uh, pretty generous monetization. And then you do see some behaviors that you might be able to charge a subscription for. Is that right? Yes. Gotcha. Great. Now, Chinmay, I have to say one theme that seems to have run through nearly every episode of the Indotechno podcast has been challenges in lifting the level of digital literacy of the average shopkeeper or SME. How do we tackle this? Is there, for instance, the need for a lot of offline training? And how long does it take to onboard the average merchant to the Buku Warong solution? This is the problem that we have cracked in the last one, one and a half years since we started. And it literally takes a minute to onboard them because every merchant that we have acquired is through digital. So we basically understand where the merchants are spending their time online. For example, we acquire a lot of merchants through Google, through Facebook, through Instagram, through TikTok and other ad networks that we rely on to target them at relevant points of the day. And we also acquire a good number of them organically or via Google Play Store or via SEO and ASO. And the merchant only needs to download the app and downloading the app is pretty seamless because it's a very small app. It's only 6 MB. And that's something that we have built our tech in a way to optimize for that size because merchants don't like to download larger apps. They don't have the data. And they're very data cost conscious. It's literally just like downloading WhatsApp. It takes them a minute to set it up and start using and adding transactions and seeing that value immediately. Understood. That's really helpful, Chinmai. Now, a big picture question for you. Do you find that some SMEs, I would assume in well-served markets such as Jakarta, are already overwhelmed with tons of solutions being pushed at them? 
It could be brand owners such as Unilever, Procter & Gamble, or Coca-Cola. I assume they're pushing their own mobile apps. The POS vendors such as Mocha, iReap, Olceta, and others are constantly trying to upgrade their users, probably trying to introduce new functionality. And we also have Warung Pintar, which, for instance, is now working in concert with Busy. We have Gurang Ada, Ula, Mitra Bukulapak, Mitra Tokopedia, and many others. I think Grab is, meanwhile, pushing Grab Kiosk. I know they're doing different things, but my point is, how do we stand out and succeed against all of these players that are simultaneously trying to help the small business owner? This is a good question. There is a lot of focus on this segment of users in the past year, which is great. And eventually, I think there will be massive opportunity for MSMEs to come online, especially post-COVID. So I'm actually overall very happy that there is a lot of focus and a lot of attention going in empowering MSMEs which will help build that MSME ecosystem that we want, which aligns with our broader vision of building digital infrastructure for MSMEs in Indonesia over the next five to 10 years. We see a lot of the players that you mentioned potentially as partners, not as competition, because they are solving different parts of the SME ecosystem. We see ourselves as a pure product player who is focused on building tools that merchants can use to operate their business. And it's as simple as that. So we help merchants manage their cash flow, manage their credit, We help them create their online shop, start selling online. We help them to make digital payments. We help them create invoices and collect payments from their customers or retailers. We see a lot of the players that you mentioned as very complimentary. In fact, we did announce a partnership with Warung Pintar last year, which we are executing on this year. Warung Pintar customers can start using our bookkeeping solution and our merchants can order inventory from Warung Pintar's inventory sourcing solution. Fantastic. I wasn't aware of that. And it's good to hear that you find yourselves much more complementary to some of these guys than competitive. Now, Chinmai Bukuwarong is often compared to Katabuk in India. And I think most of us who have studied both of your business models, we understand the simple comparison as both of you at least began as leaders in bookkeeping for MSMEs. But what are we doing differently to them at this point in time? One thing for the listeners, we recently got on board Katabuk founder as an investor in Bukuwarong which further validates our thought leadership and our market leadership in Indonesia when we are building for the MSME ecosystem. Actually, I think the ecosystems are very different. On a macro level, the problems that MSMEs face are pretty similar, but the ecosystem and the infrastructure that exists in Indonesia versus that of India is quite different when you dig deeper. One example is payments, where our payments TPV is larger than any other player in the world who is solving for a similar problem for MSMEs, which is digital bookkeeping. So our Buku Arung app is on track to hit $1 billion later this month on an annualized basis of payment volume. Now, this is a massive volume to hit in just four or five months of launching. And the reason for that is the payments ecosystem in Indonesia is quite broken. And we launched payments last year, having seen this inefficiency in the ecosystem. And our merchants can, within one click, activate all payment methods, wallets and banks, and then start making cost-efficient real-time payments to their suppliers or collect real-time payments from their customers. That has seen massive traction, which I think is bigger than any other player in Indonesia or elsewhere. There are many other problems. I think credit behavior is pretty strong in India. Credit behavior in Indonesia is strong, but I wouldn't say it is at the extent at which it is there in India. If you look at our app, it also looks very different from Books, since you mentioned that. Our app helps them manage their inventory, manage their invoices, make payments, payments in, payments out, manage their credit manage their expense and sales, as well as track their profits. So I think we have quickly iterated as a very product-focused team and solved for many different problems in the last 12 months for our merchants. 
And hence, now we are on different trajectory in terms of where we started and where we are now, if we compare it with the Indian players. Great. Well, let me just continue the discussion uh, along those financial services lines. Once Bukuwarong onboards the user, quote unquote, more financial services and productivity tools can be layered on. You also mentioned microloans and extending lending and payment services. What is the timeline of all of these innovations? Payments is already live on the app and merchants are using it heavily. As I mentioned, we are soon touching $1 billion in payment volume, primarily because of the way we have built a very seamless payment product that merchants can easily understand and manage their payments in as well as payments out. We are doing some experiments around other financial services as we speak, and the timeline should be anytime later this year. For now, we are razor focused on growing all our three products, the accounting product, which is the bookkeeping app. The payments product, which is the payment solution that we launched last year for merchants to collect money as well as send money. And then also the Tokoko app, which is the Shopify equivalent for merchants to go online as a business, especially in the post-COVID world. Got you. And when you say go online, are you helping them get onto platforms such as Tokopedia, Shopee, Lazada, Buklapak, or to create their own e-commerce websites? What does that mean? It is more the latter. We help merchants create their online stores with just a couple of clicks. So it's a mobile app where merchants can easily sign up, create their store and get a link with all their inventory and catalog listed. And they can share it with their customers over WhatsApp or social media and take orders. We also recently launched payments and deliveries on the Tokoko app where merchants can now manage payments, collect payments as well as they can manage their deliveries. And for example, based on the customer's location, they can know what is the delivery fees of the certain provider and then they can ship it to the customer. So it's still early days on the Tokoko app, but we are seeing a lot of pull from the market and a lot of problems to be solved for merchants who want to digitize themselves and start selling online versus the traditional way of selling offline, which is people come to their shop and they pick up the order and then they buy things there and they make the payment in cash. So we're trying to digitize that behavior of a typical Varung or a MSME. That is an absolutely stunning amount of progress in the short time that Buku Warong has been around. Now, just staying with the financial services theme, have we done any preliminary credit scoring experiments on our client base? And if so, what has the initial feedback been? So we are doing experiments, but we haven't done credit scoring experiments per se. But at the same time, we do realize that the payments data that we are collecting makes our overall platform data a lot more powerful. And I think that is going to be a key lever for us to build financial services on top of that. Gotcha. Now, Chinmai, we also talk about, quote, developing into a digital MSME neobank with end-to-end financial services from deposits to insurance, unquote. Have any of our peers globally successfully evolved into a neobank from an original mandate of enabling digital bookkeeping, which is what we have done ourselves? We haven't seen many such players in emerging markets do this yet. But at the same time, it wouldn't be a stretch to say that I do see a lot of these players who started from bookkeeping and are solving for other use cases eventually venture out and become a neobank, enabling merchants to not just do payments, but also deposit money and then basically become an end-to-end bank, maybe partnering with an existing bank with a set of APIs or even leveraging and getting their own licenses. But it's still early days is what I would say, because I think the industry itself is just 12 to 18 months old, and there's still a long way to go. Makes sense. Now, Chinmay, I wanted to touch upon the value add that some of our investors bring to the table. I noticed, for instance, that one of your newer investors is Rocketship. They're known for, among other things, having invested in Katabuk. 
In their case, what value add have they brought to us at Bukuwarong? They invested in us having seen how the Indian ecosystem play out and they are investors in Katabuk. I think that happened early last year. They had been following us for a good eight, nine months before they decided to invest. They followed the ecosystem closely and they realized the kind of product focus that we had and the kind of market leadership that we had on all fronts, especially on the payments front. Then they decided to invest and come on board in the last round that we raised. They bring a very different mindset to the cap table. The partners have been Silicon Valley veterans. They have exited several companies and worked for these big tech companies. And they have a deep network in Silicon Valley. So their mindset is very, very American and it brings that unique perspective to the table. It gives a very different perspective for us to build the business, having seen some of these similar product-focused companies in the Valley. And I think obviously there are learnings that they have seen in Book based on their experience, which obviously help us from time to time. Great. Thanks for that. Now, Chinmay, a question about the virtual nature of our workforce, particularly during the pandemic. Where does yeah. leadership of Bukuwarong sit? And also, where do most of our developers reside? And finally, what are the challenges and benefits of this arrangement? So most of the leadership is in Indonesia. And basically, the tech teams are sitting in Singapore, Indonesia, and India. We have had to hire some of our product and tech in India, mainly because of the rate at which we have grown and the need that we have for scaling up as a company. Some of the product leaders that we have hired are sitting in India as well, but they'll be soon moving to Indonesia once the pandemic is over. Coming back to the question around what do we think about the pandemic and building a team remotely? I think when we started last year, when we closed our first round, that is exactly when the pandemic had started. And we didn't know that we will have to build a company in, in a remote first world. But that's what was essential for us to start building the team, to start hiring people remotely. Initially, it was a challenge, but I think we are very good at it now because we were born into COVID and we were remote first from day one, just when me and Abi were starting up. So we have almost hired 80-90% of our team without even meeting them, which is extremely surprising if you think about it. At the same time, we have built a very strong culture where everyone is excited, everyone is passionate about the problem we are solving. Everyone is talking to merchants every week and understanding their problems over Zoom calls, over WhatsApp calls, and staying in touch with what's happening on the ground. And I think that part is very important to continue to build that empathy, which I believe is challenging in a, in a remote first world when you are not able to meet the merchant in person in Surabaya or in Jakarta or wherever else in Indonesia. So I think that is something that we are solving for. And I, th- I believe it's a challenge for everyone in the industry. The good part about being remote first is the ability to hire anyone anywhere. So right now we have people in 30 different cities across Indonesia, India and Singapore operating in their own comfort zones, but at the same time being quite driven and working extremely hard building this company. And on the topic of COVID, how did our business kind of twist and turn throughout 2020 as a result of COVID? There was not a lot of twist and turn. I think it was more like forwards and upwards. We went from a single app, which is the bookkeeping app, to launching payments, to launching the Shopify app. We scaled our team from two people to close to 100 people now. And we scale our merchant base from 50,000 merchants 12 months ago to 5 million plus merchants. And we are constantly thinking about how to upscale ourselves, how to upscale our leadership team and every employee in the company as we grow another 10x this year. So that has been what we have been doing last 12 months post-COVID. Okay, so got your message around 10x growth. What are your growth goals for 2021 and 2022 at Bukuwarong? Grow the business 10x on all fronts, start monetizing and scale up revenue streams and then scale up the team that we have. And as we scale up the team, make sure that the culture is retained 
the kind of culture that we had when we were 10 employees and when we were 50 employees, make sure is also still there when we get to 300 employees. That is what we are focused on, on a very high level. Understood. Chinmay, do we see opportunities outside of Indonesia over the next couple of years? Absolutely. I think Southeast Asia has 100 million MSMEs and 60 million of them are in Indonesia. But I do believe looking at Indonesia and the kind of merchants that are there in the region and the kind of economies that are there in the region, especially Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand and other countries, I wouldn't be surprised if similar problems exist and similar opportunities exist. Having said that, we are razor focused on Indonesia right now to consolidate our market leadership and continue growing further. The opportunity in Indonesia is massive, so we don't see ourselves going out anywhere anytime soon. Understood. Chinmay, really fascinating to gain such insights into how Bukowarong is helping prevent the SME segment of the Indonesian economy from being left behind. And instead, it's nudging them toward greater efficiencies and hopefully higher and more sustainable growth. I'm really looking forward to frequent updates on your success going forward. Thanks again for joining. Thanks a lot for having us, Alan. I think you are doing something phenomenal by inviting speakers who are able to share their perspective on the Indonesian ecosystem. And your podcast in particular has helped us a lot as well. Really appreciate you inviting us and having us on this platform. Thanks a lot, Alan. Well, it's fantastic to be able to seize on the enthusiasm and thought leadership that you guys can share with the audience. So again, thanks for joining. We hope our listeners have enjoyed today's episode. As always, please consider sharing any feedback that you have about the Indotechno podcast with us. Terima kasih telah menengarkan. Sampai jumpa lagi. Bye.